Oh, thanks, Bryce. This is um, for my cough. I've been having a cough lately, and a sore throat. Um, I want to say thank you for just being here tonight. Um, it's so amazing to be in this church again. Um, what the moment that we started this church, it's called Oikos Church, Family Church. And basically, I just feel like we're always family here. But why don't we just start off by saying hi to the person next to you, introduce ourselves, just say, just have a mini catch-up with your week, a mini catch-up. Hey, how are you going? How was your week? How was your week? Hopefully everyone has had a good week, a good week. I'm glad to hear. All right, catch-up is over. <laughs> catch-up is over. All right, good evening, Oikos Church. My name is Gershom, if you don't know. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I've just got some updates from what's been going on with Pastor Dex. So if you don't know Pastor Dexter, uh, the executive pastor of this church, he's not here right now because he's in Indonesia, specifically in Bandung. And he's with Compassion, doing a lot of missions over there, going to local churches, uh, going to a lot of orphanages, uh, just doing amazing, amazing things. I was asking him today, what, what can I tell the church is what's happening right now over there? And he says, right now, uh, actually, a lot of them are sick, so we're going to pray for them as well. Five out of nine volunteers are sick. But they said that they've been praying a lot. They've been going to a lot of orphanages, a lot of local churches, a lot of houses. And there's this one particular house that they were in, and they were praying and a lot of Muslims lived around there. A lot of extreme Muslims lived around there. And they knew that all these pastors were coming by. And you know what? For some reason, they actually approached Pastor Dex and asked him to pray for them. How crazy is that? And, and I tried to ask Pastor Dex, what, what else is happening? What else is happening? He's like, I can't. It's too, there's not enough like, time to do it. Because every single day is packed. Like Every single minute that he's out there, he's doing something for God. And that's amazing. So... Um, before we even start, let's pray for Pastor Dex. Let's pray for his missions over there. Let's pray for Christchurch as well and the message that we're um, going to hear tonight. Father, we just thank you, God, that we have such an amazing pastor like Pastor Dex, that he's out there, Lord, doing your work, out there with the, with the people that need your love, that need your services, God. We thank you, Lord, that he's just obedient to your spirit, God. And as he approaches... Um, um, people over there, whether it's kids with local churches, whether it's Muslims, whatever it is, let your love just shine so brightly there. Let your love just infect everyone there, God. We pray for those that are sick over there, um, five out of the nine volunteers, Lord, that you just bring healing into their bodies, Lord, that they may continue to do your work and just do many, many great things for your name, Jesus. Lord, we want to pray for all the victims in Christ church, those that have just been affected by such evilness, God. We don't have all the answers, Lord, but we know that you are in control of the situation, God. And we pray that you can just bring out something good out of this, God. That your love just pours out of every family, Lord. That you bring people together that have never been brought together because of this event, God. That your will be done over there. And Father, lastly, we pray for this message, that your message just speaks truth. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, awesome. Um, before we really start, I've got I've to admit, one of the biggest fears that I have growing up and one of the worst things, my biggest weakness, is public speaking. I hate public speaking. Um, I'd be the guy where, uh, you know, you're, you're, I still remember so clearly, when I was in year 7, 12 years old, I'd do my presentations like this, because if I didn't, my hands would be shaking. So, and I had coins in my pocket, so they'd be like, so today I'd like to talk about the Egyptian pyramids. Uh, <laughs> this was me in, uh, in, in primary school. And it didn't get better in high school. In high school, it got even worse. Uh, I'd forget that I had slides, and I'd just go through the whole presentation and go, oh, keep going, go, 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 go. Like, I was just the worst at presentations. University wasn't good as well. Um, actually, one of my university friends is here. His name is Jay. He's over there. Give your hands up. Yeah, yeah, Jay. I don't know if you ever saw me do a presentation, but I was really bad at it. And to be honest, even right now, 
um, speaking in front of you guys, I am really nervous. Like, it's really nerve-wracking to just speak out here. But I believe the only reason that I can speak to you guys, and the only reason why I'm up here today, is because Jesus is speaking through me, the Holy Spirit is working through me, and, and that's all I'm trusting right now. Because if it were up to me, I'd be doing this, I'd be looking at this, and be like, oh yeah, I'd be shaking everywhere. But I know that God is working right now. So, with that being said, I promise you two things tonight, that I'm going to be genuine and I'm going to be honest with you. Because the message that I have for you tonight, I believe everyone is either going through it, has gone through it, or will go through it. I certainly have gone through it. And uh, I just want to be genuine with what this is going through. So our Bible reading tonight starts at Isaiah chapter 46, verse 1 to 7. So I'm going to give you guys some time to open that up. If not, I don't know if it's going to be on the, the back of Shannon. Yes, yes, awesome Shannon. Um, just, I'm just going to give you a bit of context in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 1 to 7. So we've got these Babylonians. Babylonians, they have these two gods. Their names are Bel and Nebo. So they've created these two gods out of their gold, out of their silver. Of all their possessions, they've created these two gods. And what do they do with these two gods? They carry it on their shoulders everywhere they go. Can you just imagine carrying something really, really heavy? And then they put it down. And when they put it down, they worship it. They pray to it, asking for help and deliverance. Because right now, these Babylonians, they're going through through a lot of trials, a lot of struggles. And they just need a savior. So they created this idol. Pretty pretty intense, right? Now, um, the Persians, they came by... And a a Persian named Cyrus came by and actually took over the um, Babylon. And when when they were being uh, held captive, all the Babylonians, they they were going crazy. They're like, Bill, Nebo, help us, help us. And they all prayed to them. But when they prayed to them, they bowed down. But these statues, obviously, they're just statues and objects. They fall down to their face and don't help anyone. And Isaiah, the prophet, he reminds the people that God is God, that nothing can replace God, that God is the one that saves. He's the one that carries people around, not the other way around. So that's the background of the story and essentially what we need to know before we read it. So Isaiah chapter 46, verse 1 to 7. So if you, yes, awesome. Gods of Babylon, Bel bows down, Nebo stoops low. Those are the two gods that I mentioned before. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. They stoop and bow down together, unable to rescue the burden they themselves go into captivity. And this is God speaking. Listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnants of people of Israel, you whom I have upheld since your birth and have carried you since you were born. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. With whom will you compare me or count me equal? To whom will you liken me with what may be compared? Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god, and they bow down and worship it. Remember how I said they were pouring out all their money to make these gods. They lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place, and there it stands. From that spot, it cannot move. Even though someone cries out to it, it cannot answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. If you're taking notes tonight, I have three points that I want to highlight from this. And here's the first one, that God is the one that carries us. God is the one that carries us. Isn't it quite interesting that these guys had to carry their gods around everywhere that they went? In verse 7, it says, they lift it to their shoulders and carry it. They set it up in its place, and there it stands from that spot. It cannot move, cannot move at all. How burdensome would it be if you had to carry these gods? Like they're made out of gold and silver and they're not light metals. They're 
heavy metal. <laughs> They're heavy metals. Light joke there. It's okay. It's a light laugh. It's okay. So, even people knew that there was a burden to carry them. In verse one, it says, "The image are carried about are burdensome and a burden for the weary." And these people were struggling bad. They really needed something to save them. They really needed something. Just how bad were they suffering? Well, in Psalms 137, verse one to four, verse one and four, it says, "By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land?" They were really struggling. Sat by the river to cry. That, that's the image that we get. These guys are really struggling. So out of their desperation, they create these two gods out of their gold and silver, and hoping that if they pray to them, worship them, that they would save them. But clearly, we know it doesn't. They don't. And I'm reading this today. We're reading this today and go, okay, that's a cool history lesson. But that sounds so stupid. Like, why would you pour out your money? Why would you pour out your time and effort into a god and make it and carry it all around? Clearly, that's not right. Like I know when I was reading this, I was thinking how stupid it was and how ridiculous it was to do this. But church, you see, as I started to ponder on this, reflect on this, and assess on it, and how it's even applicable to my life, I realized that as we go through life, we may not admit this, but we have many gods that we carry around with us as well. Think about it for a second. However, our gods don't go by the name of Bell and Nebo anymore. Instead, they go by the name of studies, jobs, family, sports, wealth, sex, drugs, good times, possessions, attention of others, and so on. In fact, if you've been a Christian for a while, you may have even realized that our hearts are so broken and so fallen and so sick that even we make an idol out of reading the Bible, out of coming to church. We drag our feet going to church. We we go, oh, okay, I got to lift my hands because Chris said lift up my hands. We 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 got to do all these things. We got to have devotions like. It becomes an idol for us, and becomes a burden that we bear. For those that don't know,、um, I'm a PK, which means a pastor's kid.、Uh, where's my mom? My mom's over there.、Uh, so my mom and dad—they were pastors of a church, and I grew up as in a Christian family. Everything about the church—I I was straight away into it. Actually, the, the the church is the same age as me, so when the church started, I was born. And、uh, you can imagine that when it was my birthday. Uh, people remember the, the age like I was turning because they remember the church's age. So it, it was just tough, like being a pastor's kid. And everything that I did, everyone would always be like, "Okay, who's going to pray today? Who'd like to open and pray? Prayer, Gershom, would you like to pray? Who'd like to read the Bible today? Gershom, would you like to do that?" A lot of this,、uh, the, the the things that you would expect a, a good Christian to do, the pastor's kid was always the one, the first person to be looked at. And I grew up in my life always thinking that I have to do all these things to be a good Christian. I have to do all these things so everyone could be satisfied with how I'm living my life and how I'm living my life as a Christian. To the point that being a Christian was such a burden that I was dragging my feet to church, that I was struggling to pray, that I just did not want to open my Bible. Doesn't that sound familiar to those guys that was carrying these gods? The God that's committed to carrying me is the God that I'm starting to carry around and being a burden.、Um, I want to take a moment to just look at the babies around the room. Is there how many babies are there? There's one over there. There's one with Des over there. Yeah, yeah. See, see how Anas just lift up Elliot, and then Des just lift up Giselle. Yeah, you can't lift. No. Yeah, there you go. See, see these two babies. Now imagine we are the baby, and God is is the is the parents lifting up the baby. Now how ridiculous would it be if if we expected the babies to lift up Anas or lift up Des? That's crazy, right? Now, just to, to illustrate this point a little bit further, I'm going to invite two people up. And Andrew, would you would you please come up to the stage? And I haven't I haven't practiced this, and I hope it turns out really well. And Mark, could you come up on stage? Let's give him a hand, guys. 
this, this is God. Let's pretend this is God right now. He's loving, he's caring, which he is. Andrew is loving and caring. And this is Mark. This is us. Now, Mark, I'm going to pretend that right now this is like heavy snow and you, can't, you can barely walk through it. So the only way that you're going to be able to walk is if you step on Andrew's feet. Can you, let's see if this works. And then you hold his hands and then Andrew, you be his steps and start walking forward. His, it, it looked better in my head when I, but essentially God is carrying us as we walk. Now, just stop, just stop right there. Now, good job, good job, guys. Now, Mark, let me ask you a question. Would you want it to be the other way around? Would you want Andrew to be stepping on your feet and you carry him? Yeah, you do? I don't think so. Let's give him a hand. You guys can grab a seat. See, this is the relationship we have with God, that he's the one that's committed to carrying us, not the other way around. Yet we come to church sometimes dragging our feet. We, 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 we struggle to just pray. We struggle just to open the Bible because it's such a burden because we think that we have to lift up God every single way, everywhere that we go. But here's the point. He's the one that's committed to lifting us up. In verse three to four, it says, listen to me, you descendants of Jacob, all the remnants of the people of Israel, you whom I've upheld since your birth, I have carried you since you were born, even to your old age and gray hairs. I am he. I am the one. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. That's who God is. Then why do we have to make it the other way around? You know, I used to think that I had to do all the right things. That I had to carry God's name everywhere that I went. Like, like as in, I have to come to church and check, uh, check, tech, um, tick a checklist. Tick a checklist. <laughs> Check a check. Oh my gosh. Can we edit that one out of the podcast? <laughs> but that image that I just had with Andrew and Mark, if we just swap that, how much would a burden would have been for Mark, for us? So can I plead with you, church? This is not how God designed us to be. It breaks my heart. It honestly does. When I see Christians serving in church, burning out and going, I don't want to do this anymore. Actually, I want to leave. I don't want to be part of the church. You know, it's a, such a struggle for me to just come to church on a Sunday. It's such a struggle for me to just come to my Oikos groups. It, it hurts me because that's not how we were designed to be. It's supposed to be an uplift in our life. Um, if you guys don't know as well, I'm part of the youth ministry, which I love so much. But I'm going to share to you guys a little a dark moment. And, and for the teens in this place, would you just bear with me because you might hear some stuff that you've never heard before. But I used to lead this group of uh, teenagers uh, all the way from year 7 to, to 12. And at the same time, I was studying uni, doing a master's and, and you know, all the general stuff that you do outside of uh, studies and so on. And it was such a burden at one point to do everything at once. Uh, I remember I was the only one that had a license, uh, which is cool, but not cool when you have to take like 20 kids home every Friday. Um, so every single Friday, I'd be the ones picking them up, taking them home, picking them up, taking them home, and would finish and start at like ridiculous hours. And it was burning me out. And I was just like, this is a burden. But you know what? If I don't do this, then they won't be able to see God. If I don't do this, then youth won't be able to keep going. So I just kept thinking that in my mind. So I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And that's, that, that really hurt me in the end. To the point that uh, I used to have, uh, I had an opportunity to buy a new car. And I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to buy a sports car so I can only have two seats, so I can only take one person, and I won't take anyone else. <laughs> so that's why if you see my sports car, that's how it came to be. Because I, I didn't want to take more than one person. It was just me and Kartika. That's it. I'm sorry, guys. You're walking home. Uh, let me just say that it has changed since then. Now I use a seven-seater and I, and I carry all you guys around. But at that time, it was such a struggle for me. But I want you guys to all to understand that God is committed to carrying us and sustaining us. He's not, it's not us that carries, it's Him. It would be a shame if the God that is committed to carrying us and is lifting us up and sustaining us becomes a God that you try to carry around instead. Such a shame. Here's my second point. He made us. I think as humans, we can make some pretty incredible things. Uh, for those that don't know, I am a structural engineer uh, for an oil and gas company. Uh, weird flex, but okay. Uh, no, trust me, there's a point. There's a point. Um, I went to this oil rig just last week. So this time last week, I was in my cabin about to go to bed because I just finished work. And this, this, this oil rig is in the middle of the ocean. Uh, 40 minutes helicopter ride off Karatha is 290 meters uh, deep all the way to the top. It's, it's massive, absolutely massive. And it just blows your mind that, that humans can make such a structure. See, we, we can almost create anything that we want with a purpose, create anything to serve a purpose. And sometimes without realizing it, we make certain things in our lives to serve the purpose that God can't be replaced, that, that can't be replaced by God. We strive to get good jobs so we can get a stable income and feel secure. We work hard to build relationships and ensure that we are loved. But we spend our money and time on dictates what our idols are likely to be at. See, the Babylonians, they created a god out of their gold and silver. If you remember in verse 6, it says, Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god, and they bow down and worship it. They didn't just make a statue outside that makes it look good. They didn't just make a toy or something like that. They actually poured their money, their, their time, likely their entire life into building these idols. Like I said earlier, we don't necessarily make physical idols like this, but what we choose to dedicate our life to definitely shows what kind of idols we have. But you know, idols don't last. Um, another interesting fact about me is uh, I like to do a little bit of gardening. <laughs> yeah, that's not really a good flex, though. But um, who likes pesto over here? No one. Two, three, five. Okay, a few people like pesto. And you know, for pesto, you need basil, right? And I, I like to make things from scratch, like everything just homemade. And, and, and so I, I said, Katika, I'm going to make um, pesto, and I'm going to make it from my own basil that I planted in my own herb garden. So I went to Bunnings, I got the, the, the seeds, and if you've ever done this before, it's the best feeling, because you're like, oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it. And then you, you plant it, and I actually planted it on New Year's, and it's growing pretty well right now, uh, until, well, I'll tell you later. But I invested so much time into this. Every morning, I would water it. Every night, I would water it. I would like pick the leaves off carefully just to make sure that it grows in the right way, that it doesn't flower. Um, you can look all this up. Let me know if you want to grow basil later on. Um, one thing that you also got to know is I'm a terrible gardener. Everything I plant, everything that I try to grow just dies. And I can't figure this out, so maybe don't ask for advice. But this basil that I, just two days ago, I was looking at it, it all just died away. See, like, I know it's not really an idol, but imagine that making that basil and planting that basil was an idol. I put my life into it. I watered it. Maybe, maybe I would pray for it a little bit. Maybe I just hope for the best and hope that it will provide pesto for me and my family. But at the end of the day, it doesn't last. Now, let's think of a more serious example. When I was in university, uh, I graduated from high school, 
I was the only person from my high school to go to UWA, so I had zero friends. Um, and back then, you know, I just had to try and make as many friends as I could, but I could only make friends with one person. And this friend of mine, I would invest my whole life into him because I know that uh, the friends that you make at university almost last a lifetime. See, Jay's right here, he's from university as well. But this, this guy that I invested my life and time into, I, I was just like, you know, we, we did homework together, we, we, we did our assignments together, he copied my assignment, I copied his assignment, you know, with all the university things. Is, sorry, you faster decks, don't listen to that one. Um, and basically, one year, in my third year, he just stopped talking to me. I still don't know why to this day. But I've invested my life, pretty much my entire university life into this. Uh, friendship that now is gone. And look, those are just not really extreme examples, but maybe for you guys, it might be a little bit different. For you, it might be investing in an unhealthy relationship, or maybe it's working your life away at a job and neglecting the important things to attain success that you want. But I'm going to be honest here as well. We can create these false gods and idols, but one of two things will happen. We'll either fail at achieving it in the first place, that's the first one, or we successfully create them and soon realize that it doesn't serve the purpose that only God can fulfill. In verse 5, it says, With whom will you compare me to, or count me equal? To whom will you liken me, that we may be compared? He's the one that has made you, and will carry you and sustain you and rescue you. And this is my last one. He's the one that saves us. We can, we can try to make everything in this world. We can try to have every relationship in this world. But there's one thing that nothing we can make can do. And that is what God does, which is he saves us. He says that I will sustain you and rescue you. We are created to have a relationship with God. But in our fallen hearts, we sin and we break that relationship. And even when we try to chase after God, we make it a burden to read our Bibles, we make it a burden to come to church, we make it a burden to just do worship, do our devotion, spend our time with God. And that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how we were designed to have a relationship with God. There's this undeniable gap between us and God that nothing that we could ever make, nothing that we could ever attain could ever bridge except for Jesus. God is the only one who saves. But through our broken nature, we will still make idols to give us a false sense of security. It makes sense. I mean, look at the Babylonians. Who can blame them? Out of their desperation and saving, they created these idols and thought that by bearing the burden of carrying them around, worshiping them, praying to them, that they would be able to save them. And we do the same thing in some ways. I promised you guys tonight that I was going to be genuine and honest. Like the Babylonians, I too have made idols in my life, particularly in three areas, in my relationships, in my job, and in my ministry. These were the three idols of my life that I want to share with you tonight. You know, I desired to have the best relationships with people, the best relationship maybe with a girlfriend or whatever it is, something that would make me feel secure, wanted, loved, and cared for. That is what I desired. That is what I lived my life to do. The second thing is I desired a job that would provide for me status that I needed, money so I could live a comfortable life. That's my second idol. And the last one is quite surprising. I desired the best ministry. I desired a ministry that ensured that God was working in my life, that ensured that if it was fruitful, then God was fruitful in my life. So I strive to carry this burden of having ministry in my life. And guess what? I got all these things. I got a relationship that I love. I have, you know, Katika. Katika is an amazing girlfriend, the best girlfriend you could ever ask for. 
I got a job that I, I think is okay. Uh, <laughs> that, I, that yeah, that's alright. And I had the best ministry. I have like these teens that just love God so much that it's just fruitful. People are coming, it's growing, and and the leadership is just is just 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 skyrocketing. Like it was perfect. But I know deep in my heart that if that's all I have, I really have nothing. It looks like a lot from the outside, but really I have nothing inside if that is all I have. When my time comes where I need saving, those aren't the things that's going to save me. When I die, I wouldn't be saved because I had a good relationship. I wouldn't be saved because I had a good job. And I definitely wouldn't be saved because I had an awesome ministry. Only one thing saves. Jesus is the only one that saves. He is the only one that bridges that gap. We can try to make anything that we want in this world, but nothing will bridge that gap. If I could just invite the uh, musicians to come up. Look, I want to get real tonight. And I'm speaking to to two groups right now. Because I've been in these two groups, and you may fall in one of these two groups as well. The first is people that have created idols without realizing in place of God. It could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be even your studies, your family, that have taken the place of God and have become an idol in your life. And would you just take a moment to just think about that? Are there any idols in my life? And the second one is one that my heart really cries out to. This is the ones that have been trying to carry God around like a burden, when in fact, He's the one who carries us. Early last year in uh, 2018, these idols that I have created in my relationships, in my job, in my ministry, it became a massive, massive burden. There were times where I just could not take it anymore. Work got really intense. I didn't have time to serve at church. I didn't have time to go to the meetings. I didn't have time to think of the programs for the kids. I barely had time to drive anyone home. And all of that affected my relationships with people, with my girlfriend. And I was just burdened. You know what? I just wanted to run away. That's how burdened I was. To the point that I could not bear it anymore. So I, I called up one of my mentors and close friend. And I said, I can't take it anymore. I just want to leave everything. I actually just want to leave like my church. I want to leave. I actually wanted to quit my job. I wanted to leave all the people that were close to me because I just had enough, had enough of carrying the burden. And he said this one thing to me that, that literally changed my life. He said to me, Gershom, look, Jesus already died on the cross for you. Why do you have to live your life trying to add more to that? See, I was living my life thinking that if I did more, if I took more people home, if I drove up to Scarborough, to Junlop and back to Manjara, that, that God would love me more. That if I would just invest more in my relationships, if I would just do more overtime at work, then God would love me even more. That God's love would just be more present. But I've totally missed the point. Then what's the point of Jesus dying on that cross for me and you? What's the point? He died on that cross and He paid the price. Not so we can sacrifice more and add to it. When He died on the cross, He said, it is finished. Look, I'm speaking to the hurt and broken tonight, to the heavy hearted. Those that have struggled to carry their burdens and those that have had enough. I'm here to tell you the truth. 
who can take our burdens? Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate burden bearer. First Peter verse five, chapter five, verse seven, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety onto him because he cares for you. See, God isn't just a powerful God that can do anything in this world. He's a God that's committed to caring for you. He's committed to carrying you. That you can give your life up to him. If, if I'm speaking to anyone tonight and whether you are a Christian, whether you are not, whether you've been a Christian for a long time and you feel this burden, whether it's from being a Christian and, and carrying the weight of trying to carry God around, or making these false idols, then I want to ask you and really recommend this one thing to you. Stop what you're doing. Stop everything that doesn't improve your relationship with God. Even if it's serving up here, even if it's coming to, to, to reading the Bible or whatever, it's just, just, just stop right now and know who God really is. When um, I went offshore, as you guys know, um, but before I went to this oil rig, I spent a year in the office uh, looking at structural drawings of every single member, every single bolt, every single just module in the platform. So I knew exactly what I was doing when I, when, when I was looking at the platform. I knew where to go if I went there. I just knew how, how uh, every dimension, I just knew it. Because I spent a year looking at it. But not until I actually got on a helicopter, landed on the platform, got out, touched my feet on the ground, spent eight days there, lived there, uh, slept there, ate there, did everything that I could there, that I would start to realize how big the platform really is. And just, it just brought everything to life. Because before it was just photos and, and, and drawings. But now this is something that I can touch, something that I can feel, something that I can experience. Look, our relationship with God is similar as Christians. We can read the Bible. We can come to, to Sunday sermons, listen to Pastor Dex give all the sermons. We can go to Sunday school. We can go to our oikoses. Know every single story that's given in the Bible. But until we have a moment with God, until we have an experience with God and realize that He's the one that's committed to lifting our burdens, He's the one that's lifting up us, we will never be able to carry, um, we'll never be able to live our life without burdens. Here's what I'm asking you guys tonight. If, if you are those people, would you have a moment with God tonight? Would we come, come to worship? We're just going to worship after this. And um, if that's you, like as we worship, just come to the front and have a moment with God. We're going to do this together. We're family here. Come on. And if it's you going, oh, I'm just struggling so much. I can't bear the weight of these burdens that are in my life. The anxiety, would you cast it all into God? Would you surrender all that you are to Him? Look, there's no shame at all. We're going to worship now. And if you, if you want to come to the front, you can come to the front. And we're just going to worship together. We're going to pray together. And we're going to experience God's presence tonight in this place. Look, God wants to speak to you. God wants to do business with you. His presence is right here. Come on, let's worship.